0: Welcome to the Stoic Sage. In this podcast, we are dedicated to using past knowledge tested by time to empower people of today. This podcast series includes discussions around modern challenges utilizing wisdom from nearly 2,000 years ago with the goal of bringing about how to think rather than what to think. Welcome to the journey to sagehood. No matter what anyone says or does, my task is to do good. Marcus Aurelius In celebration of Marcus Aurelius' birthday, born on April 26th, 121 AD, I wanted to dedicate this episode to the philosopher king himself. More specifically, the things he learned from those around him. These things that I'll be discussing are straight from his meditations book, the first book to be exact, (laughs) but together we'll dissect his thoughts. So Marcus Aurelius is overall such an influential person in not only human history, but also to Stoicism. What makes him such an interesting man is his position, obviously. He was an emperor of Rome. He took up the teachings of Plato seriously during his reign as he believed that to rule properly, he should rule with the love of wisdom and virtue. While we don't know much about his early life, we know that he was raised by his parental grandfather, Marcus uh, Verus (laughs) I. It was expected that he would follow in his family's footsteps as being in the political sphere. Hadrian, the emperor at the time, took a liking to Marcus Aurelius and nominated him for an equestrian order at the age of six. Hadrian did not really have any heirs, so he adopted two children, one of which passed and the other being Antonius Pius, which was pretty well-timed considering Antonius happened to marry Marcus Aurelius's father's sister, which then became his uncle. Historians believe this was planned by Hadrian, because Hadrian liked Marcus Aurelius for his gentle nature and inability to be corrupted by politics. Aurelius was not corrupted by politics to such a degree that when Antonius passed away, he refused the throne initially, saying that he'd only accept if his younger brother lucius verus would rule with him which would mark the first time in roman history that two emperors ruled rome amazingly the brothers also got along very well and in ancient times this would have been seen as a setup for assassination the brothers loved one another properly this could also be seen as an attempt to prevent Lucius from potentially assassinating him, similar to giving your little brother the unplugged controller to a video game. <laughs> but let's get into what he learned about those he was raised by and were most influential to him. So from his grandfather, Varus, he learned good morals and the government of his temper. This was his parental father, as I had mentioned, and while he didn't know his biological father too well, from his reputation, he remembers his father as a modest and manly character. From his mother, he learned piety and beneficence and abstinence, not only from evil deeds, but even from evil thoughts. And further, simplicity in the way of living, far removed from the habits of the rich, this right here is pretty powerful. His mother kept Marcus away from the things that the rich indulge multiple times within themselves, even though he was born to a relatively wealthy family. The mark of a good character is first always passed down from the family and then molded in the environment. From his great-grandfather, not to frequent public schools and to have good teachers at home which a man should spend liberally. And this is pretty true today, that as a parent, you should never let your children be raised by the public school system. They learn about history and the basics of human foundations, but they learn life at home, which is the most important. And in today's world, we can't entirely trust that teachers would teach everything anyway. The parents have already experienced life in many ways, first-hand experience. This knowledge should be passed to the children, not just what is told by the schools. From my governor, to be neither green nor of the blue party, to not take part in gladiatorial fights. From him, too, I learned the endurance of labor, and to want little, and to work with my own hands, and to not meddle with other people's affairs essentially, keep to yourself. Social media teaches people to keep up with one another, and while this is a good thing in many aspects as far as attaining knowledge, it also leaves a lot of room for rubbernecking. You're living your own life. Don't rubberneck on someone else's life so much that you forget your own. Don't follow a political party to the grave, and your hard work will provide value beyond measure, not just for the work you do, but also for yourself. There's some value in that. There's a sense of accomplishment in working with your hands, using your body. From Diognetus, not to busy myself with trifling things. This passage goes on to say that we should be intimate with philosophy. Don't give credit to miracle workers or jugglers of incantations. Most, if not all, can be logically explained. Through his logic, we learn that we must question everything. When you question everything to attain knowledge, we fall deeper in love with the freedom of our speech. From Rusticus, Marcus was told bluntly that his character needs improvement and discipline. To not be led astray by sophists or by writings of speculative knowledge, We should not be benevolent for the idea of looking good to people, but to do it out of good moral character. Do not be impressed with superficial readings of books. And this passage is one of the most important things that we can all benefit from today. Well, I read an article that disproves your point on this particular topic. I hear that all the time. Well, my response is always, well, did you? did you really read it? <laughs> also, did you critically question what the writer is trying to portray to you? Because it is a single writer, or maybe multiple writers, a blogger of sorts, a human is what I mean. Is the, lo- is the article of a logical stance, or trying to make you believe something, is the article bashful for the wrong reasons? From Apollonius, I learned freedom of will and undeviating steadiness of purpose, and to look to nothing else, not even for a second, except to logic and reason, to always be the same with experiences of pain, loss, illness, and to see clearly that the same man can be both resolute and yielding. From Sextus, to be the example of a family governed by a fatherly manner, Be tolerant with those that are ignorant and form opinions without consideration. From Alexander to refrain from fault-finding. From Fronto to observe what envy, duplicity, and hypocrisy are in a tyrant. In most cases, they are deficient in paternal affection. From Severus to love my kin, to love truth and to love justice, to love freedom of speech and equality for all people. From Maximus, he learned self-government and to be cheerful in all circumstances. From his father, he learned to honor those who were true philosophers, but not be easily led by them. Lastly, to the gods who he has indebted for having good figures in his life. Now, after listening to all of this, we can get this idea that he had a well-rounded family and or a well-rounded group of people around him. But don't take all of this as face value or at face value. Many senators at the time wrote about Marcus Aurelius. At many times, they described him as a rude and conceited child. The way we should be reading this, though is with the understanding that regardless of how his upbringing actually was, he saw the beauty in his life and he purposefully chose to learn and apply to his life. For example, a father can be cold, or let's think of a hypothetical father. This father can be cold and calculating. Let's look at somebody who's worked for... for the majority of their life, right? Skipped your big achievements as a child. Let's say all he did was kind of work to provide food for the family, a roof over your head, drank modestly, spoke calmly. Now, let's even say that even when this father was tired and exhausted from working, he still had a relatively steady head. Now, sure, we could have wanted more love and affection from the father, but what can we learn from him? We are dealt with many things in life, regardless of our feelings about them. But I can say that what I could learn from this hypothetical father is to work hard and do what a man ought to do for a family, which is to provide safety and food for his, for his uh, children and his wife, to remain calm under pressure and be resilient in nature. Marcus's father, before he passed, was a busy, wealthy man. Those are things that we can kind of gather from, you know, writings and from other people's opinions about him and from, you know, reputation. Who knows what the man was actually like? But he still learned something from it. This goes for all people around him. Diogenetus was described at one point as a rude man with little to no empathy for others. But Marcus chose to pull wisdom from him, which was absolute logic over passion. Marcus Aurelius was truly a remarkable person. He is human, though, or he was human. Not a perfect man, but an excellent one. And with this, we say happy 1900th birthday. Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic Emperor. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help out the show. If you would like to check out some Sage merch or read the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I wish you well, fellow Stoics, on the path to Sagehood. No.